We back. Hashtag 59. What is up? Mike R is in the house. And we made it. Podcast season four debut. Holy smokes. Can't believe we're here. Glad you're here. Looking forward to a fourth incredible season on our Hashtag 59 podcast. First off, uh, much love to my co-founder of Hashtag 59, Amy K. After about 85 episodes and three seasons, she has passed the baton over to one of our previous guests on this podcast, Jill G., who is going to be my new co-host for season four. And I'm going to tell you all about season four once Jill G gives us a little what's up. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I was telling Mike right before we started this, I am really awkwardly nervous. I wish I had a glass of wine right now. I don't know how Amy did 85 of these. So I hope it gets easier as if, we go forward. Who knows what's going to happen? There is a bottle of wine, though, sitting around the corner uh, if that's what you need. We'll see. Jill G, you're going to be awesome. Great partner to have. Let's talk about season four, though. So Jill and I did a nice little Google Doc, did some brainstorming, and season four, folks, is about switchbacks. And and sandwiches. And sandwiches. And you can tell who's going to be talking the majority (laughs) about which. So we are talking about hiking and sandwiches. Only we're putting our money where our mouth is, or our sandwich where our mouth is, maybe, in the fact that we are actually going on these epic, incredible hiking experiences, and we are packing a sandwich. Packing a sandwich and making it for you, and we're going to give you the ingredients and what we loved about them and so much more. And these are going to be, these are tasty sandwiches, friends. This is the plan. Yeah. I mean, we've already we've already started this experiment, even though we're just starting the recordings. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mouth is watering thinking about some of these sandwiches. You've got that right. Okay, so that's what we got going on season four: switchbacks and sandwiches. Mike R and Jill G in the house, and we are starting season four with none other than the iconic Narrows hike in Zion National Park. Yeah, so this was a new one for me, but you've done it before at least once, right? Have you I, done it twice before? I, I did it one other time. One other time. And we did this hike together in uh, late November mm-hmm. of 2020. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with the Narrows, it is located in southern Utah in Zion National Park, one of the my favorite national parks. And this is one of the quintessential epic hikes, I think, in really definitely the country and the national park system, but really the world. So, obviously, we made it out. And this is a dangerous hike. Do you think? Yeah, with the flash floods. I mean, oh, yeah, you're right. If you're not you're paying right, attention to that. Yep. Uh, so, <clears throat> for those of you who don't know much about the Narrows... Um, The Narrows is the Virgin River carved through Zion Canyon, and you put your feet down in the Virgin River, and you go hiking right up the river. 
In fact, what did you, what did you say about it? Uh, with the, the, you're so impressed by the bravado oh. of Zion National Park. Yeah, I actually had meant to look this up before before we started this, and I didn't. Uh, I was curious as to how the national parks determine their hiking routes, right? Like the trailheads and the routes, because I feel like Zion is like a combination of business people sitting around a table or drinking buddies just saying like, let's double down and make this the coolest park with the coolest hikes, because I don't know any other national parks where you actually hike up and back in the middle of a river, right? Is this the only one? It's pretty unique. I'm sure there's another one or two. And then also on that, we talked about, we did Angel's Landing, as well, and they have, which is a hike where you strap yourself onto chains going up the side of a cliff. Yeah, just like, let's go up this. It's kind of narrow. And they're like, oh, let's just add some chains to yeah. it. I don't know how they came up with them, but they're definitely unique for sure. So the nar- the Narrows is, uh, <clears throat> this was actually really kind of surprising to me as we were planning our route out to Joshua Tree, California, which is where we're recording this episode in that I didn't think it was even possible to hike the Narrows this late in the year. Uh, Due to flash floods, though, it's not really doable in the springtime because the the water cubic feet per second levels are often too high, and they close it down for flash floods. There was just some algae in the water, cyanobacteria, which is still in the water, which they shut down, and it is in the river, but they determined that those stupid enough to go hiking in it still could. Well, it's as long as you're not drinking it. You know, they talked about not putting it in your mouth. But I think to your point about the flash floods, of course, like any good hike, do your research before. But this is one that if there is a chance of rain, they do highly recommend that you don't do it. Because once you're in that, you know, there's two big canyon walls on each side of, of the river. And so if there would become excessive rain, there would not really be many places to go no. to, to seek higher ground. There's a few rocks here and there, of course. But, um, but yeah, but we had a beautiful day. Blue sky. I mean, it couldn't have been nicer for late November. Yeah. And so why don't you share, I guess, you know, we're going to talk about three things we want to share about the Narrows. Uh, my first one was the time of the year shocked me that we could do it. The thing that enabled us to do it though is one of the things that you want to talk about uh the dry suits yeah it didn't even really dawn on me so we wore dry suits so why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about how they can go hiking in zion in the fall or the winter in their dry suit sure so once the temperature hits a certain amount they suggest that you get dry suits so we actually went to zion adventures it's right outside of the park they actually have i'm sure a lock on this but they were really helpful you can rent dry suits for really not that expensive we also got what are they called? The shoes and the um, neo oh, neoprene socks. They give you two pairs so that um, you don't feel the cold as much as you would. So you really strap up with these socks, these boots, these dry suits, and of course you can feel the sensation of the cold, but not nearly what you would. However, we did see two people in shorts. Did see a few. I people feel like in their shorts? legs had to be numb because I mean the water they said was in the low thirties. Thirty. I think it was thirty-eight degrees as 36, the high maybe? that day for the water. The high. Okay. I'm not sure. But I know that it probably felt like temperature-wise felt like in the 50s down there. They, they said it was about 10 or 15 degrees colder it was than cold. it was. But it was chilly, but not nearly. We thought we were going to be a lot colder. That was really a non-issue. I didn't feel mm-hmm. cold. In fact, on the way back, you took like a sweatshirt off that you had 
on the top. But anyway, so dry suits. So you can get those at Zion Adventures. Really, they were incredibly helpful. That was my other piece is that you have to have a shuttle ticket to go into the canyon. Right now, yeah. Right now. So you can get them through the National Park Service, or we actually upgraded and just did it through Zion Adventures because they just take you in their bus, which was private. And with you know safety concerns, that worked for us. Um, right now, we happen to be the only people on it. So we went in, but the highlight of that was the, I guess she's a guide, Lainey yeah. was her name. Her Lainey, name Lainey, Lainey. And she kind of gave us a tutorial for, it's only about 15 minute ride into the park, but really pointed out different rock climbers that she could see, different parts of um, the geography, I guess, around that area, different elements to the rock bed. She's super knowledgeable, kind of like an added bonus. I wasn't really expecting Ta- it. No, no, I, I agree. Talked about uh, what, what Zion and different parts of the region were called from the Native Americans mm-hmm. before they were all changed. Uh, yeah, and she, I thought she had a very interesting about like the, the geological sediments of Zion Canyon that they're similar to like the top half of Bryce Canyon National Park, the bottom half of Grand Canyon National. Oh, she National. said it was like in the it was the center in regards to the rock bed. Like yeah. the Grand Canyon was below and Bryce Canyon was above and that happened to be the sediment in the middle. And that was our VIP splurge. Getting yeah. that little private shuttle. I mean, uh, all in all it was like thirty dollars, but the the Zion shuttle right now is just a dollar. Yeah. So which we took the next day and it Wonderful. was was great. But since we had all the gear and the dry suits uh we just thought it would be good from there so we got we got there at 10 30 in the morning and we hiked until about 3 30 3 45 in the afternoon no four four yeah mm-hmm. hiked till about four uh you one thing i would definitely suggest with this hike is to have a turnaround time if you're doing a day hike specifically ours with limited daylight hours this late in the year uh, it's just not really a thing you want to be hiking on these slick rocks with your walking pole in a dry suit in past sunset. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think that it's a really doable hike because you can take it at your own speed, right? You can go slow or fast. You know, you kind of stick to the canyon wall because then it's not as deep, specifically this time of year. So that part is really nice. But the thing that I had written down to mention is that I feel like all the rocks look the same. When you look at the map, you know, to go, there's split rock. Maybe that isn't one. I don't know. House rock, floating rock. I'm not sure. But every time we would come around a bend, you would see this big boulder. And I would be like, oh, I think this is it. And then we'd go around another corner and there was another one. So you just have to pay attention to time in case you don't really know how quickly you're going in regards to miles. Well, and to that point with the rocks, the first time I did this hike, I did it with uh, Greg. Mm-hmm. And I think I said three different times, I said, oh, that was a rock that Greg climbed up on. And as we went around it, it would have like, been. like, how did he get up there? It would have been impossible for him yeah. to get up there. Because they all look the same. They just look similar. And I only bring that up because it's it's really cool landscape, of course. But you might not be able to cage if you're a mile in or three miles in. Really until you hit the junction yeah. is where you have a better idea. But, again, it doesn't really matter as long as you're paying attention to the time and or have headlamps or feel comfortable that way, I guess. And if you hit the junction, which is just basically a left or right fork, uh, you, that means you've been 
in there. It's about a four hour round trip, I would say, for most the average person. Mm-hmm. I've gone right and then I've gone left. And both ways are extremely gorgeous and epic. I will say after we went left, the water got. Yeah. So that's one thing to talk about with this hike if you're unfamiliar. I was the highest it got to me was probably about my belly button. I'm six one. Mm-hmm. And it was probably, was it about chest deep at a little, a couple points for you? But the water levels were very low the day that mm-hmm. we went. Yeah, I would say, yeah, like just high stomach for me probably. But, you know, when you're in water, it's a force. I mean, having it go that quickly, you definitely have to pay attention to just standing upright and not slipping. But, I mean, it's not difficult. You just want to be present while you're doing it for sure. You're definitely going to maybe almost tumble down a couple times on this hike. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The other option. So this is a day hike. If the, if the flash flood warnings are not bad, you can do it anytime uh, of the year. There is also a top down option that you can bid on for permits that includes like an overnight that I think would actually be a pretty neat experience to do. So there's a couple different options for you if you want to hike Zion's Narrows. Is it the most unique hike in the country? It's the most unique hike I've ever been on. You've done a lot more than me, but I definitely think it's something that's like none other that I've probably ever done. I agree with that. I mean, it is, it, yeah, it's, it's definitely in my top 10 day hikes. Who knows country. what? Who knows what that means? He makes a lot of lists of a lot well, of hikes. I just wrote an article for okay. our friends, Happy People okay. Hike, on the top my top ten day hikes. It in the changes country. though. Yes. Yeah. Well, Zion did move up a couple notches again after this trip. Enough about the switchbacks, though. You're right. Let's get to the real meat, non-meat. Yeah, we're both, we're vegetarian. Yeah, we're vegetarians. <laughs> the who- meat of this of this episode which is the sandwich friends now these are going to be sandwiches geared towards not falling apart on the hiking trail uh neither of us really eat a lot of meat i don't eat any unless i'm drunk in a foreign country and somebody offers it to me uh you know period that happens periodically which happens periodically not during covid though and these sandwiches are delicious Okay, so That's the idea. so we decided to start with a classic sandwich. With a twist. With a twist, a little twist. So the sandwich that we packed on this hike was a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And our little twist was that we added some Bob's Red Mill, I want to be specific because we love that brand, coconut flakes to it. So yes. we did peanut butter, we did a strawberry preserve on some sourdough bakery style bread. That we got from a... Baker in was it Durango, Colorado? Yeah, we the got natural the food co-op. Yeah, we got all the ingredients at the Durango Natural Food Co-op, which was an awesome place. And we put them together that morning at the campsite. So when we were in Zion doing this hike, we were doing some late fall camping. So we did it outside of our tent on the picnic table, put them together, threw them in our stasher bags, and headed out. And if you have not had Bob's Red Mill coconut shavings and you like coconut or you're unsure if you even like coconut try his try his they are unbelievable it gives a nice sweet extra layer of taste i felt like 
on the sandwich? I don't know. I was so hungry by the time we ate them. I was just happy to be eating them. Yeah. I have always claimed, I know I've claimed this a number of times in my life, and honestly, if my mom ever listens to this, she'll say it's not true. I don't remember eating a lot of PB&Js growing up. I feel like I ate a lot of peanut butter sandwiches or jelly sandwiches. You said sandwiches, you ate a lot of jelly sandwiches. But I don't remember eating a lot of peanut butter and jelly which I can see her face now saying probably like, yes, you did. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to, but I am going to find out some more details about this. It's been years since I've had one. And so it was a really good, I would say that's probably a classic packing for a hike kind of sandwich, right? Yeah. It's served us pretty darn good. I would also say the coconut on it, a little bit of a game changer. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And, how many photos do you think we got of those sandwiches? <laughs> Wait till you guys see this. I mean, if you want to see two people. So we ate them right after the fork. Yeah, Orderville so, Junction, I think yeah, it's called. The Orderville Canyon Orderville Junction. Canyon. Yeah. We went left and we had about a 50-yard, really rapid water coming up to about our knees. And we at that point, it was about 145, I think, in the afternoon. So we've been hiking... For over three hours, and it was sandwich break time. Big time. So we found a little sandbar kind of on the right where there was just enough room to sit down on a little rock, and we ate them there. And in, in anticipation of this episode and putting it content on Instagram, I think I took about 40 photos of the sandwich as I ate it. One yes. bite, then two bites, and three bites. So we'll see how many we post. But you got enough good c- content for us for Pinterest and Facebook as well. It's <laughs> perfect. It's good. It's good. Okay, so before we dive into the rest of the Zion area, what would you tell somebody who's considering a hike in the Narrows? What do you think? This is your first time doing it. I won't do it. I think that I was really intimidated. I thought that being down in a canyon would feel kind of claustrophobic, and it really wasn't. Like at some point, you know, it's it's really wide in regards to the riverbed. All you know, most of the time you can see up to the sky. I just felt like it was really nice. It's one of those hikes that you can go completely at your own pace. You just do kind of do your own thing. If it starts to get too high or the water gets to rush too bad, you can always turn around because the way that you come out is the way that you go in. So you can always turn around whenever you want. I think that just making sure that you do your research ahead of time, making sure that the weather is good, I think that's probably one of the biggest things that you need to look for for this hike specifically. But other than that, I would say do it. I said to you when we got back, you know, it just there's so many people you walk when you get to the, I guess, the trailhead, you walk about a mile on paved concrete down to the riverbed. And so many people go and they kind of view the river from there, which mm-hmm. is amazing, right? If that's what you want to cool do, view. it's definitely worth doing. Um, it's not a hard mile hike into that spot. But if you have any longing to do something, it was really fun to be able to kind of go up into that canyon and see what it was like. I yeah. really liked it. And, and myself doing it a second time, it just really hit home. To, like this is one of the most unique adventures you can experience in the States, mm-hmm. I think. Closed-toed shoes. Yeah, so even in the summer months when it would be warmer, just because of all the rocks and You will like break that. toes yeah. if you don't have closed-toed shoes. Some type of walking pole – for Definitely sure. helpful. And that it is, uh, the flash floods, though, I will say, like, wow, something to look at. The rangers aren't going to let you out there 
if it's and there's like, signs everywhere yeah, as well it will be closed or it will be open but if you really want to aim to do this trip you want to look at summer into fall mm-hmm. let's talk about the rest of springdale and zion quickly sure, sure. what what were you, so we we camped we tent camped in late november which we got very nice weather i think yeah, it was maybe high 30s to mid 30s at night. The first night was colder than the second, but I mean, with some bundling up, we have some good sleeping bags though. But it was really, really beautiful. Um, the campground, I wish I remember what that was called. It's right across from Zion Adventure, but it was really nice place. Zion, really, really, I think it's called Zion Canyon Campground. Okay, it was really yeah. clean. I mean, yep. wonderful, especially when everybody's concerned about health and safety right now. They were really adhering to it, seemed like a lot of those measures. So it was really nice. I would definitely recommend that. And you're right outside the park, like right there. And for me, uh, beyond that, right across the street, Hoodoo made great red eyes. And if you don't know what a red eye is, it is a drip coffee with a shot of espresso Mm -hmm. added in. And, you know, for instance, on that, the Angels Landing in Narrow Days, we we were up at... 6 a.m. both days. I mean, whenever you camp, you kind of get up when the sun comes up, it yeah. feels like. And so we were up really early, but... I also nice. got, We also got some cool stickers for our water reusable water bottles at Hoodoo's, yeah. which I thought was nice. Yeah, and then right across the street there, too, which was right next to the campground as well, was a restaurant called The Whip Tail. We got there later in the evening the first night and went there, and they had food. You could order food to go. What did we eat? Spaghetti, Spaghetti squash, squash, enchiladas. Oh, people. And a goat cheese chili rejeno. So good. Do yourself the – even if you're a carnivore, I promise you, you're going to love these vegetarian options. It was sale. so good. It really was incredible food. So as you can see, I'm excited about the sandwiches and the enchiladas. Yes. So it was a highlight, though, for sure. And technically in Springdale, I guess, is the town that we were staying yes. in, which is right outside that part of the park and springdale uh last food shout out oscar's cafe which we ate we on ate our way out of town yeah we ate on the way out of town headed to uh, joshua tree for the month uh mucho nachos at oscar's were unbelievable and not i mean don't take our word for it take every other patron who was eating at this restaurant that everybody day. got the nachos everybody got the nachos had to be the best deal i mean it was literally the biggest plate of nachos i've probably seen and delicious they were super good we also had some great friends stay with us at the campground <laughs> which mm-hmm. the deer in zion mm-hmm. Are always prevalent, but we had probably 10 or 12 deer. There was a lot within the campground. They were really comfortable there and really com- – we kind of – our campsite was right close to the river, so I think that that also was kind of part of their path. So we saw a lot of them. I mean, they were like sitting next to like the picnic table within like a couple feet and I mean, yeah, they were – they were nice, though. Yeah, the only other highlight that I was going to say, even though there was probably many, was the fall foliage, which we make fun of me taking so many pictures of sandwiches. I think Mike took pictures of the leaves changing color. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't know how many. Foliage. 50. So many of them. But it was a really unique 
time of year to be there. And it's really beautiful, especially from the since you had been there a different time of year before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the latest of the year I'd been up there. Other great hikes there, too. Uh, Angel's Landing, we did that the next day. The Chains. Well, we didn't We didn't both complete it. Uh, I tried. That was. It's actually one of the... Well, I've turned around on hikes before. I can't say it's the only one, but uh, it got a little it got a little too much for me. Yeah, those chains are no joke. I got yeah, up past Scouts Landing, and I I wanted to make an attempt, but that is it's no joke. I definitely turned around. And you wanted to go. You wanted to go up there. I don't think you even thought you were going to have any. No, and, I didn't and, think I was. In fact. Previously, earlier in October, I didn't want to go because it was closed mm-hmm. due to COVID. And I thought, well, if that most, you know, iconic hike is closed, I'm not going to go that time of year. I'll just go later on when we can go. So I haven't thought anything of it. And for some reason, for me personally, I just could not find any grounding. It just made me really dizzy being on the edge of the side of a yeah, cliff. Just, yeah. Just on the edge of the cliff. And we got to one point, it's just past what is it called? Scouts Landing? Yes. And Scouts Lookout, I think. Maybe fifty yards into like the more chained area. And there's this area maybe five feet across where there's chains on both sides. And they're kind of low though. You know, it's not like a railing. They were hanging kind of low and they're loose chains. My hands are sweating thinking about it. And I got to that point and Mike was about 10, 15 feet in front of me. And I just hollered, I'm going back. Have a good time. I'll see you when you come down. See you when I see you. I just turned around because I just knew it just, I couldn't, I couldn't get my footing and so for me it was just a little bit too dangerous but I guess I hit a limit that I had and that was it and you handled I mean it was it was very it was a very calm turnaround as because I saw some very uncalm turnarounds that day as I went up uh that was my second time up Angel's Landing it's weird both times I've gone up I don't think anything of it and then I see photos and I'm like what in the hell is anybody doing up there? Well, it's including what, myself. It's what started us having that conversation about these Zion's. crazy hikes in yeah. Zion. Like, what are they thinking? If you're a park ranger at Zion, we want to know <laughs> how this happened. I want to know how they determine these hikes. If anybody knows, I I would like that information. Uh, but yeah, but I was one of the few. I mean, there was definitely people that got up to there and didn't go just because it is too intense. But there was so many people that were just going. I was one of the few that. Definitely turned around and and didn't make it, but if you if you have any inkling of heights, though, oh goodness, no. stay away. Because I don't even think I have an issue with heights, and for me, but again, maybe it was the day I sat there on Scouts Landing, you know, on this thirty foot kind of rock platform, as Mike went up and was coming back, and I thought, oh, I'm just going to gear myself up and I'm going to go because I don't want to regret this. And the longer I sat there, the more I knew I was definitely not going to regret it. So it was okay for me, at least for that time. Maybe I'll go back, but I doubt it. That that wasn't it, it for like me. It. Uh-uh. I don't think so. And it's it's still a great hike, even up there. Uh, yeah. it's, it's still a thousand feet in elevation and just two two and a half miles. Actually, that is the hike that probably has the switchbacks on it. The yeah. first, you know, calling the season switchbacks and sandwiches. The nearest doesn't really have any switchbacks. Not many switchbacks. Uh, but the Angels Landing definitely does. That whole kind of last part. Is really beautiful, just back and forth. But we had mucho nachos that day and not sandwiches, so so it's that's okay. why Anything that's why goes. it's not the feature. Anything goes, yeah. A couple other spots in the region. 
the observation point hike, which was on the cover of my third book, I've done this hike twice, is still closed. And we were told actually that it could be closed forever due to this massive rock fall. And if you YouTube Zion Rockfall, you'll see why. I think it was 2018 that it happened. Actually, Lainey, our Zion Adventures shuttle driver, when I was telling so many things that she was talking about, that's one. She told us to Google that, that during that rock slide, there was hikers up on Angel's Landing that just happened to be videoing that area. And you can see it's really just a bunch of dust, but how massive that rock slide was. And you can come in from the back country on the back side of it and come straight out to the viewpoint, mm-hmm. but you miss the four miles, 3,000 feet of elevation. And I just, I don't know, there's something about, you got to earn a view like that sometimes, I think. <laughs> but either way, if it ever reopens, observation point, Kolob Canyon region is desolate compared to the Zion Canyon portion. Everybody goes to the Zion Canyon portion because it has Angel's Landing and the Narrows and the, these epic shots of the canyon. But if you go to the Cold Canyon region, it has some incredible hiking. It has Bobcat Mountain Lion signs. Ooh, mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fun. And then just some great trails, including one of the world's largest freestanding arches. I've done uh, a double arch alcove hike there. So if you have that, it's only 30 minutes from Springdale, Utah. I would highly recommend going to Cold Canyon. And my last plug before we close this episode out is uh, there's a great sign in Springdale. I really like the town of Springdale. I'm not really sure if anybody can afford to live there uh, due to the massive popularity of Zion, but 600 people do. Uh, They have this sign that, you know, the signs that mainly show like Paris this many miles away, Miami, Florida this many miles away, and it shows all the neighboring national parks. So it's got Bryce Canyon, the Grand Canyon North Rim, Grand Canyon South Rim, Arches. Mesa Verde. Mesa Verde. And uh, it's a really cool sign. And it's all painted in different like yellow paint on wood with the mileage. It's a fun thing to get a photo with or just to look at to know where you are. Yeah, it's really cool. One more thing we were going to talk about really quick. What was one side dish you would have packed with our sandwich? Now, this is... You know, if you didn't have to pack it in or pack it out, right? Yeah. So it could be anything. Since we had that coconut uh-huh. and, the, and the strawberry preserves, yeah. I would go with, I would slice up some banana, put some raisins in it, and then drizzle some honey on it with a little bit of cinnamon. And hmm. have all that in there. Hmm. A little side dish. Yep. So I'm going to call it the cinnamon, banana, honey... Super Mike Medley. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I was going to timestamp that. I was going to take um, kettle chips. Kettle chips. So, like potato chips. Oh, yeah. Just kettle chips. Potato chips as well. Follow hashtag 59 on Instagram because I'm going to put up uh, to see who wants Mike's Medley, who wants just regular potato chips with their PB&J. Are you going to stick a couple of those potato chips inside the sandwich? Who knows? I just might. I like okay. a little good crunch. Yeah. That'd be good. Well, we made it through episode one of season four. How do you feel? Pretty good. This is going to be a fun time. Scarier than hiking Angel's Landing? Not that, but that's one of the scarier things I've ever done. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for joining us, everyone. Switchbacks and sandwiches is the theme of season four on our podcast. And if you have not already uh, listened to, we have three past seasons, all outdoor adventure based 
dig into those archives. Jill is on many of them. Myself and Amy co-host those. And then we have uh, our website, hashtag 59.com, blogs, events, some DIY events, socially distanced events right now. And then if we can ever have real in-person gatherings again, we'll do those as well. Uh, and all the podcast archives. So hashtag 59.com. If you haven't left us a review yet, and you just listen to this episode, and you're just gripped by switchbacks and sandwiches, get on your favorite podcast, Apple Podcasts, that's what we're really looking for here, and leave us a review, because we love you, and we hope you love us. Till next time, anything else, Jill G? Nope. Be well. Be well, because adventure feeds the soul. Peace out, friends.